though right now we are in the month of September, that most, most of us believe that we are way past the summer season. As much as we enjoy the summer, however, for some parts of the world, this summer season has been really rough and even we could use the word devastating. For example, let's take the country of Pakistan. Recently, major flooding took place in this country, which caused major economic crisis, not only for the current people in Pakistan, but also that really grabbed attention across the continent. Some people believe, or even political scientists, even the climate advocates believe, what happened in Pakistan is not just a climate change effect, but meanwhile, that could actually gain the attention of political and also this economic conversation. But we're also going to talk about this harsh, hawkish rhetoric come from or within the American government. How should the world understand the division and the separation among the parties in the United States of America today? Now, ladies and gentlemen, join our show today. If you again, if you follow our show frequently, you know him very well. Is Dr. Kahoot. Now, Dr. Kahoot, it's a well expert, and also, of course, he's a famous economist that diagnosed within the issues not only within Pakistan but also across the continent. So that's why today we are going to talk to Dr. Kahoot regarding all the previous essential questions that we just mentioned. Dr. Kahoot, and welcome back to the missing piece. My pleasure, Mr. Riddle. Like, it's always been a pleasure to be in your show. Thank you, Dr. Kahoot. Again, as we mentioned before, right now, both of us were in China, and we are stepping into the month of September. The summer has been very busy. Of course, in China, the summer has been very hot and humid. But meanwhile, let's talk about what actually happened in Pakistan. As I read the news headlines again, for example, Pakistan floods hit millions as political storm hinders response. Dr. Kahoot, as we mentioned in the intro, some people interpret that the flooding happened in Pakistan is not just a natural disaster. It's not really related to climate change as a simple piece of news. But meanwhile, it actually has a lot more to do with political and this ongoing economic shift within the country. Help us understand, how would you interpret what happened in this country, and why is that a major crisis that we should address today? Yeah, you know, uh, in general, the, uh, the climate change is a phenomenon which the world is generally facing, you know, right now. And it's not only the Pakistan, but every now and then we see that uh, there's a global shift in the, uh, you know, the behavior of the weather, the weather patterns, they have already been, you know, altered. The global temperature has been rising to the to the unprecedented levels, and uh, it's a like open fact that the global north, those countries, they are uh, mainly you know uh, responsible for the greenhouse gases emissions, right, or the carbon emissions. We say, and the global south countries, they are at the recipient end. So the thing, so the same thing is happening again. Uh, Pakistan, which is uh, being responsible, which is not being responsible for the global carbon emissions, uh, its share in the in the global carbon emission is less than one percent. But you know, it is uh, you know, one of the most vulnerable country towards the uh, catastrophes which are being caused by the climate change. 
So recently, uh, this flood in the history of Pakistan is one of the most, you know, devastating. And uh, about uh, 34% of the total Pakistani land area it is currently uninded. You know, it is being submerged in the water. You know, and the water level due to these floods have been rising to the unprecedented level. About uh, 33 million uh, Pakistani population, they have been, you know, displaced, they have been affected, you know, and thousands of people have been died. And uh, there's, uh, there's an emergency situation right now there. And uh, I think that uh, this is very unfortunate because the country just... Uh, got some relief from the global pandemic mm. and uh, so here is it is and then there's uh, you know, the opposition party uh, the politics we can see there there's a one uh, climate uh, triggered disaster and the other we can see that the politically the politically the country is not uh, you know that stable mm. because uh, in the federal uh, because Pakistan is a multi-party, multi-party uh, uh, like uh, the democratic system. Mm. So now in the federal, we have another party which is ruling, but that party has no government in any other province. So uh, all the provinces they have been ruled, like the two provinces, KP and Punjab, they have been ruled by the uh, PTI. And again, in the Gilgit Baltistan and in the Kashmir part, it is with Pakistan. The government is with, is with the PTI. Then, you know, in a, another province, Sindh, there's another party. Then in, in the Balochistan, the, it's a government by the coalition parties, same as the federal. Mm. So it's a political, so it's sort of a political turmoil. So in all of their scenario, I think it's very unfortunate that uh, Mm, Pakistan is facing that climate disaster mm. and uh, let's hope that things will get better in the future. Dr. Kahoot, before we bring political aspect into the conversation, again, based on the calculation, because of the major flooding crisis, statistics, uh, statistically speaking, over 3,000 kilometers of roads have been damaged and around 607,000 houses have collapsed. So in other words, I think when we look at the natural disaster, when we look at the number, number one, it's rather devastating to understand or to grasp the concept because it caused a major uh, economic impact or should I, should I call it drawbacks on people. But meanwhile, again, as something as you mentioned before, this country today just went through another major election or political stability. But right now, this is still an ongoing process in order to solidify the power within this new, new administration. So, Dr. Kuhl, my next question to you is, how do you think that such natural disaster that caused major economic drawbacks to people and also to the government, how should we understand the response from the government? And how do you think that current existing Pakistan government able to reshape the image, continue to build this trust among the people? Yeah, you know, when this catastrophe happens, so uh, the whole world actually, it responded. And uh, the government of Pakistan immediately declared the emergency and the, the embassies, they uh, reached out to the international community, our neighbor countries like China, our partners in some other 
in part of the world, the UAE, the Saudi Arabia, and uh, France, like the, all the countries like these, they reached out and they sent out the, you know, the their planes for the cooperation, you know, the food and uh, the basic amenities, the, you know, shelter, the tents, you know, so the global community, their response was very encouraging. Talking about the Pakistani government, like I said before, it is uh, currently going through the political turmoil, you know, and there's a sort of a political instability while the leading opposition party is holding the political race all over the Pakistan. So it's sort of a, you know, tough uh, situation. And it also, uh, as you said, you know, quite, uh, it make it difficult for the international community to deal with such a, uh, such a government at the federal level. But mm. since, as you have mentioned, the statistics, they are very horrible mm. and it is the devastation at the very large scale. So without the cooperation of the international community, I think it's not possible for the people to rehabilitate or, you know, uh, to reinstate or to go back to their places. So it will be a total reconstruction process. And for that reconstruction process already, uh, because a large uh, Pakistani uh, diaspora all over the world, they are also coming, uh, you know, like they are channeling their farms for the reconstruction and rehabilitation process. Mm. And our friendly country, like I said earlier, like China and other countries, they are also helping us a lot. So I hope that uh, this process will be smooth and uh, soon, uh, you know, the, uh, the one more point I want to add that Pakistan is, a, as I said earlier, that it is the it, it is one of the most vulnerable countries towards these climate, uh, mm. you know, related uh, devastations. So now they are called that the, the international debt, uh, as from the multilateral institutions, it should be cancelled. And uh, the reparation, the uh, the reparation losses should be given uh, to the countries like Pakistan, which are not responsible for the global carbon emissions. But at the receiving end, you know, uh, more than three thousand uh, glaciers are there. You know, which is the uh, most number of the glaciers after the you know South Pole. Uh, they exist in Pakistan, and if this global temperature keep rising. You know, the melting rate of those glaciers will be unprecedented and it will bring further catastrophes, not only for Pakistan, but also for the countries like Nepal, like India, even the, you know, some of the part in China, uh, as we also see in China, the floods were there, but uh, they were very well managed through the construction of dams. So, yeah, there are some short-term measures uh, in which the international community is coming out for help. Then there are some long-term measures, which includes construction of dams. Uh, you know, for that, a large capital is required. Uh, so I hope that the country and the people who run it, they will think about it. And in future, it, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the mitigation of the losses should be more and more. Dr. Kahoot, by looking at what happened in Pakistan, do you think that serves as a reminder for all the countries, not just in Asia, but every single country on the planet, that to understand the significance of climate change? So in other words, we know that, again, uh, this is something that we are going to talk about later on, 
from the Western Hemisphere that some people or some political officials still questioning or doubting the threat of climate change. So in other words, most people on the other side of the aisle, they believe that climate change is actually a hoax. There's something that no one should support and no one should pay attention to. But looking at what's happening around the world and what just happened in Pakistan, do you think that it's actually a good reminder or that's a fact checker for all the doubters that who are still questioning climate change should deserve the effort of every single citizen, every single person, every single government. And it's not just putting the names on the paper and then walk away with the ink of pen in the hands. Yeah, I totally agree with you, you know, that uh, it is a duty, it is a collective responsibility of the nations, you know, to come out. And especially the developed countries, actually, it is their responsibility to, you know, uh, come up with the funds and to be responsible, you know, because at the end of the day, it's the humanity, it's the humanity loss. So today, Pakistan is suffering, maybe next day, they will be suffering. So it's the collective humanity loss. And as I said earlier, that uh, the more the country is developed, the more it is responsible today to, you know, uh, to help those countries which can't, uh, uh, you know, make the sustained systems to fight with the weather-related catastrophes because it is such a massive scale. Like I said, mm. 33 million Pakistanis there on the roads. Mm. You know, their houses have been devastated, their livelihoods, which were mainly based on the livestock and farming, you know, the crops have been shattered, you know, everything has been, you know, uh, inundated in the water and it's submerged in the water. And now the next challenge is the waterborne diseases. You know, so so it is. Uh, this loss is not uh, is nowhere less than the uh, the threat of the pandemic, which is not yet completely gone, right? So, uh, but but unfortunately, I must say that last year there was a, a climate uh, change conference in the U.S. Mm. Uh, hosted by the President Biden, but but unfortunately, Pakistan was not invited even. You know. So, and now this year, Pakistan is facing one of the most, you know, devastating, uh, you know, these floods, uh, you know, uh, so right now, everyone is talking about. But last year, I remember, Mr. Will, I did a po podcast with you, and we also mentioned this, that unfortunately, Pakistan has not been invited mm. in this climate change conference. You know, the, the, the world should be, you know, the developed countries, they should be very much, uh, what you say, responsible. Uh, talking about the China, which is not only yet developed, but still it is a very strong commitment by the leadership first to, to attain the carbon neutrality uh, by 2060 and uh, to restrict the temperature to 2 degrees until 2030. So, or to, to cut the emissions by half by, there, by 2030. So, I mean, the commitments should be very much uh, mandatory at this time. And then th those commitments should be matched with the or just say the contribution, mm. the contribution towards climate uh, disasters. Nowhere in the no, no matter if there's Pakistan or, or if it is any other country, because this planet is being shared by, by us all. Mm. We are the inhabitants of this planet. This is the Mother Earth. So it's not about uh, one country or the other. So I think it's the collective responsibility. Dr. Kahoot, I want to bring another political aspect into our conversation. Recently, there has been a lot of major articles 
regarding the previous prime minister of Pakistan, which is Imran Khan. Now, based on the report, that it says that the uh, the former prime minister of Pakistan has relentlessly refused to accept the outcome of being ousted by the military or by the government. So in other words, recently he has been gearing up for another major election to restore what he called stability, trust, and peace within the government and also for the country. But meanwhile, he started to make uh, uh, proclamations regarding the relationship between the military and also this former prime minister. Again, Dr. Kahoot, you're the expert. It sounds to us very complicated. It's not just this political ties, but also I think that have built something to do with economic benefits between the former prime minister and the military power as well. Help us understand two questions. Number one, what do you think Imran Khan was is trying to accomplish at this moment? And number two, why is he taking such actions, or should we call it bold political ambitions, in order to achieve something? Help us understand. Yeah, you know, uh, like in, uh, in the countries like Pakistan, politics is always in the limelight. You know, it's not the first time. So either it's a one party or the or the other party, it's always on the roads and claiming that they are the uh, real you know, protector and the safeguards or the servants of the people and the rest of all the parties, they are not quite that qualified. Mm. So that's always a phenomenon in the countries like Pakistan or India or, you know, any functional democracies. So, uh, Imran Khan is not an exception and uh, talking about your point, you know, that he, that uh, he's uh, claiming that he's the most popular leader right now and mm. he's, uh, he's waiting for the uh, for the elections. So unfortunately now, as we discussed earlier, Pakistan is facing the worst floods. So naturally the elections are not uh, possible in, you know, at least in the next six months. So naturally the five years terms of, of because the last time the elections were in 2018. So it's a five year term and the, the, the term will end in, 20, in 2023. So Imran Khan government, uh, Imran Khan is a prime minister. He was ousted through the no confidence uh, vote mm. uh, through the parliament, and it was the act of the parliament. And uh, but he claims that there there was a foreign conspiracy, and he puts all the blame on the U.S. actually. And he said that uh, it was the United States who actually managed to uh, give bribe to the Pakistani politicians who were from the from the opposition party of mm. like uh, opposition party of the Imran Khan at that time. So, so they bought those politicians as the American claims, and he says that it was a foreign conspiracy. And then now he terms the present government as the imported government. So, like it is a actually the political temperature of the country is at highest level now mm. because at the one end there are floods, and on the other hand, uh, Imam Khan is leading the biggest the political rallies and he's gathering more and more support mainly from the young people and uh, as i said earlier he's claiming that he's the most popular leader but unfortunately uh, all of these things they have brought much of the political instability in the pakistani uh, political democratic system and uh, the recipients are the common man and at the same time the international community 
they are also watching they want to help they are they are also helping uh but still um, this political instability is bringing much of the economic instability because right now pakistan signed its uh, almost 25th uh, imf uh, program which is like 1.17 billion of the us dollars so we have uh, signed that agreement so it's all loan so it means that pakistani economy is deeply dependent on the foreign loans and mainly on the western loans so that deal have been signed uh by the prime minister uh shabash sharif who is mm-hmm. a current uh, prime minister but as i said earlier that imran khan is on the roads and he is holding a biggest political race mm-hmm. and he's saying that uh, you know he's not in favor of going to the to to the imf and you know so he's all of his uh, political sloganeering uh, is actually uh, is what which is winning him or garnering him the support from the youth Dr. Kahoot, I want to raise something to you and I want to get your reaction on this before we move on to the last portion of the conversation. Based on the report that Im- Imran Khan suggests that a country that tortures his political staff cannot be a democracy and it demands new free elections without vote rigging while his allies claim that his opponents receive large bribe to ousted him. Again, this is something as you mentioned before. My question is, how much do you think the average citizens today in Pakistan actually believe this conspiracy between the uh the current government and also the US government? So in other words, you and I we know that we've read and we've heard and over the years that we studied political or this economic conspiracies uh, one after another. But at this moment, what is even the point to create this so-called partnership between the west and the current existing government in pakistan in order to oust it this former prime minister it wasn't something that he did horrendous and that no one would like to see him in this leadership so in other words how effective do you think the argument could be and why do you think today he continue to hold on the theory that there's going to be or there has been a, a, a conspiracy between those two countries you know ever since its inception in 1947 pakistan uh, you know it has been the ally of the united states on various forums starting mm. from the ceto cento in 60s uh, 1960s ceto forum cento forum then you know carry luger bill mm. in 1980s or the 90s you know pakistan has always been at the very forefront uh, of the us uh, you know policies mm. so it's a open fact and uh, during the russian war in afghanistan pakistan was also an ally with the united states so uh, you know so the US roles in Pakistani politics is not new so it's not the first time that Imran Khan is the first person who is claiming that the US has hatched some conspiracy against him so it's always been a common phenomenon in Pakistan so we can't rule out that possibility but yet we can't uh, we don't have any significant like evidence that uh, unlike in the past uh, uh, there is a conspiracy or you know the US is buying some of the politicians or this or that so uh, keeping all of the history in uh, you know in the well, well in the 
perspective. So, so again, uh, Daimon Khan, he's not a new political leader. He's a very old man. Like he's quite like, you know, he's, he's about to turn 70. Oh, wow. Yet he's Yet he's claimed that he's the leader of the youth, mm. and in his political party, not more than you know ten percent of the party leadership, mm. not more than ten percent of the party leadership is with the youth. So all the old people, all the electables, they are in, they are in his party, and uh, he himself is around seventy, just like the other political leadership in Pakistan. They are in the same age group. So just pinpointing on one country, that is the United States, of all the wrong of all of your wrongs inside your party i think this is this is something which is not uh, very well received mm. by the international relations experts but as i said earlier that uh, since the since the historical baggage is there uh, us has always been meddling in pakistani affairs as we have already you know unfortunately we have witnessed that it has you know let me say, poked its nose in various mm. places in the, in the world, whether it's Afghanistan or the Iraq or, you know, Libya or, you know, anywhere in the world. So we can't rule out that, uh, you know, possibility. But uh, as I said earlier, Imran Khan was ousted through a political process. It was a no-confidence uh, vote against him uh, in the National Assembly. Uh, Pakistan is a parliamentary democracy. We have the bicameral uh, democratic system so national assembly which is the you know one of the you know one of the democratic institute of pakistan so imran khan was ousted through the no confidence vote from that uh, national na national assembly which is the parliament of pakistan so yeah so there are whole you know on both sides of the argument uh we can give you know thousands of examples but yet as i said earlier there is no uh, solid evidence mm. that, there, that there was a conspiracy by the U.S. Well, Dr. Kahoot, I want to move on to the last portion of our conversation. Let's bring U.S. into our dialogue. I want to read something to you. This, it said, from the sitting U.S. President Joe Biden during the recent presidential address. Remember, as you and I, we mentioned this before, Joe Biden has been very vocal towards the word democracy in the U.S. today, and also especially regarding some of the Trump supporters. Now, of course, this controversial statement actually uh, confidently to say that brought so much fire into this political realm already. Again, this is something said, and I quote, they, that he referred to the former Trump supporters or current existing Trump supporters. This is what President Biden said, and I quote, They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of the free election. And they're working right now in state after state to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers and undermine democracy itself. Of course, that by listening to the statement, number one, my reaction is those words are pretty, pretty fighting right now. And also at this moment, do you think that Joe Biden's rhetoric has gone too far regarding the people that who actually either they support it or they are still supporting Donald Trump and not the Democratic Party? But also, don't you think that this rhetoric can actually mislead the image of the U.S. not only today, but also in the long run? I want to get your reaction, Dr. Kahoot. You know, uh, 
just like any other uh, democracy, you know, U.S. has on has its own challenges, and we have seen that there's a tussle. There's always been a historical tussle between the Democrats and the Republicans. Mm. You know, and uh, the second factor which we keep uh, in consideration is that the America is uh, has 52 different states, and each of its states, you know, they have their own laws. You know, they have their own a system of governance actually which actually differs you know so uh, but being at the very center in the capitol hill you know the man sitting in the white house actually he decides about uh, the foreign policy the finance and you know the like the defense and these things so the importance of what uh, mr biden the president of the united states is saying actually it can't be ruled out mm. but at the same time we all know that uh, the republicans they are also in large numbers and uh, due to the pandemic uh, the treatment of the pandemic there is a uh, valid you know anger in the people they are you know people there's so many people there you know they are not happy with the Uh, with the current administration you know led by the democrats so so it, you know that's why the people are uh, they are not very happy and uh, so president biden is actually counting on uh, that sentiment actually so he is trying to garner more and more support uh, from from his lost ones what you say the uh, proponents mm. right but at the same time the opponents which are mainly the republicans uh, they are not ready to listen to him and recently we say we we saw the first time in the history of the united states there were a raid on uh, on the ex president of the united states so they raided the house of the president trump mm. you know and so one of these events you know uh we see because there is an establishment in the united states which is, which also act you know secretly but uh, it has its role which we call as pentagon so you know all of these factors actually so we can uh, they are they are hinting that in the next elections in the united states there there will be a shift there will be a shift because uh, because unlike uh, president obama uh president joe biden actually they are not uh, yet uh, very successful to garner the support within his uh, you know democratic party and there are many congressmen which are going in the other camps which are the democrats but their point of view is now yet you know very different than the basic philosophy of the democratic uh, you know party there so so we can see that the interesting times ahead and uh, we will see in the next election or the primaries uh, in the next primaries and it's going to be interesting yeah dr kahoot i want to wrap up our conversation by addressing something so crucial and again this is you also pay attention as well regarding this international community we know the country of iran has been gaining the news headlines across the world and also especially that so far that under Joe Biden this Iran deal was initiated under President Obama but it was canceled by President Trump but right now those two country are still standing at the crossroads so i want to get your reaction as our last question Dr. Uh, Kahoot 
How do you think that U.S. is handling the country of Iran? Do you think that today the nuclear weapon development and also this political change or political strategy, it's actually making U.S. more vulnerable or actually is helping U.S. become much stronger, especially when dealing with a country such as Iran today? What do you think? You know, the basic issue with the uh, U.S. and Iran, you know, uh, relationship has always been the nuclear a nuclear deal. Mm. You know, it's always been the nuclear, nuclear assets. The proposition with the United States uh, president and, you know, whosoever is ruling the United States, that they are not ready to give the right to any country mm to secure its nuclear arsenal. Mm. So this is the root cause because uh, Pakistan is also the nuclear power. And uh, we all know that there was so many difficulties when Pakistan became the nuclear power or we can say announced its nuclear power that it is a nuclear power in 1998. So same thing is happening with Iran. Uh, still to this date, we are not sure that whether Iran has a nuclear arsenal or not. You know, but Iran has always, uh, uh, you know, cooperated well with the International uh, Nuclear Agency mm. uh, or the International Atomic uh, Atomic Energy Agency, IAEA. So the point of conflict with the United States or is actually the uh, in the past we have seen the hostile or hawkish attitude mm. from the from the United States to the Iran. Uh, sort of a, which gives us a feel that the U.S. want to, let me use this word, subjugate the, mm. the Iran, which is a, uh, which is a sovereign country and one of the most important country in the Gulf of Persia. You know, uh, it is the oil-producing country. It has its oil. You know, so energy. We are all talking about the energy security these, these right. days, post-Russian-Ukraine conflict. So. The importance of Iran, we can't rule it down, and we can't rule it out. And uh, but again, the the conflict uh, of the U.S. with Iran, I think it is not a new thing. It, it it is there, it was there, and it will remain there because it serves the geostrategic uh, goals of uh, so many powers in the world. And uh, I think the world needs to learn from China because China has made the very good partnerships. Uh, with uh, Iran and uh, so many other countries like Pakistan and mm. the other, you know, countries. So I think that it's a time that uh, you know there should be a peace deal, and uh, every country should have a right for a peaceful nuclear program mm. because it is not only necessary for their arsenal but also for their energy requirement in the future. Specifically, when there are more and more need of the renewables renewable source of energy so i think that uh, it should be seen in this perspective you know, I think, Dr. Kahuri, you're right, because right now, as we continue to follow not only the major econ uh, economic crisis caused by the war in Ukraine, but also this ongoing political shift happening in America, I think today we really need to look beyond the war in Ukraine and really trying to figure out what will be the next necessary strategies and steps in order to make the world a better place.
Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm speaking to Dr. Kahoot. Again, Dr. Kahoot is an expert in economy, international relations, and we always appreciate your insights on Pakistan and also regarding this bilateral or trilateral or even multilateral relationship among Pakistan, China, the U.S., and so many more. Dr. Kahoot, thank you so much for taking your time to be on the show, and we really appreciate your time and energy for doing this.